For, thanks to all of you for coming, and as we look at the Christ in the seasons of life, and I will be speaking on the fruit of spring and summer, and my verse, I like to, uh, in for the season of spring, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure and peaceable, gentle and willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits. All right, and... Um, I, I, um, I'm so thankful that you are here. Um, we're going to delve into spring, but before I do, I want to bring your attention to this lovely bowl of fruit. <laughs> you know how Carol and I like illustrations and examples, and this represents the fruit of the Spirit. And it's not fruits of the Spirit, it's singular. This is all considered a fruit of the Spirit. And because it comes as a package, and love is the main fruit that everything else emanates from. And we would like to remind you today that this bowl of fruit, no matter what season you are in, what hardship or trials, um, this, the Lord can make us fruitful. And um, when God... Excuse me. When God created different seasons, he knew what he was doing. Just as the earth needs a change in season, so do we. Um, in spring, everything seems brand new. The days, are no long, the days are longer, the days are warmer, and the sun begins to melt the snow and thaw the ground. And op- we open our windows and smell the fresh air. We enjoy the little green sprouts peeking through the earth as birds come back. We hear the ch- their cheery song, an early flowers began to bud and bloom. Although this year, it seemed like we went from winter to summer. Like last week, I can remember wearing my winter boots and my winter coat outside at recess. And this week, a whole, we're getting sunburned at school. <laughs> um, that's Minnesota for you. Um, spiritually, we can liken this to when we first get saved. Our Bible is brand new. Each verse about salvation freshens our hearts. God's love continues to warm our souls as we feast on the word of God. We begin to grow. Little things happen here and there. We see the Lord changing us and using us. And we want to share our faith and fellowship with other believers. The Lord is establishing us and beginning to ground our faith. And the ground is fertile and the seed is planted. And and watered and sprouting. It's an exciting time. It's an uplifting, joyful time, singing praises to the Lord. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new. We are a new creation in Christ. 2 Peter 2.24 says, um, We who, uh, before that uh, he who his own self bore our sins on his body on the cross. Before we were saved, we were spiritually dead. Ephesians 2.5, we are dead in our sin. But after we have placed our faith in Christ's death, burial, and resurrection for our sins, we are instantly and spiritually alive. Not only that, the Holy Spirit comes to live with inside of us to give us power and to teach us and to comfort us. In John 
14, 16, and 17, and verse 26 says, And I will pray the Father that he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him, because you are believers. For he dwells with you, and he shall be in you. And the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. As a new creation in Christ, we have a new destination. We are heaven-bound, John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We have a new life. Our spirit is made alive, and we have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. A new outlook, joy, and peace, because we have a new hope. Romans 15, 13, now, may the God of all hope fill you with all joy and peace, believing in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we have a new relation with God. We are adopted as sons and daughters, a child of God, Ephesians 1, 5, having predestinated us to the adoption of sons and daughters by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure. It pleasured him um, of his will. A new book, the word of God is now so amazing as the Holy Spirit opens our eyes to what's in it. New friends, believers that are like-minded can encourage us 1 Corinthians 5, 11, Therefore, comfort one another, build each other up. All things have become new. Spring is a time for beauty, new growth. Rain is a part of that. The Lord gave us rain from heaven and fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with food and gladness, Acts 14, verse 17. Spring rains wash away the dirt and grime of winter. They freshen the air as it wakens the ground, as it gently soaks into the soil. Cloudy days lie ahead for the new believer. They must remember that the Lord's love is deeper than we can comprehend. We are living in this sin-cursed world, and the enemy is alive and well, seeking to trip us up at every turn. So we'll have trials, and the Lord will use them to bring us closer to him, to help us to see his love in a deeper way and to humble us, to fill us, to comfort us as we trust in who God is and his promises, and mostly in ways we could have never imagined or thought of would happen. And our relationship with the Lord grows and blooms as we bear fruit in a way that encourages not only us but those around us because the Lord is real to us. And remember... Now your creator in the days of your youth, Ecclesiastes 12, 1. For you are my hope, O Lord. You are my trust from my youth, Psalm 71, 15. God doesn't promise us a trial-free life, but what he does promise is his presence. He goes with us and before us, Deuteronomy 31, 8. And the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear nor be dismayed. And did you notice that verse also says he goes before you? He has, he has already been there, and he knows the path that you will take. 
Our trial may seem like a dark tunnel, but God is the light. He knows the way out. Hang on to him and rest in his word. As well as spring being a picture of a new believer, it also can be a picture of us women in the springtime of our life. A young person moving out of the house, their parents' house, college, work, military, making your own decisions, no longer under your parents' rules. They're anxious and ready to live life and do what they want. The world is a bowl of cherries waiting them for them to partake. And this is a very exciting time, but also a very pivotal time, for they will be making decisions that can affect the rest of their lives. Sometimes we move on not seeing the consequences of their choices because of their immaturity. This is why it's very important, you young people, to have an intimate relationship with the Lord to give us wisdom and direction and strength not to fall in the pressures of this world. There, may be, there will be many from directions that you've never experienced before, and the enemy will be right there to tempt us when we're the weakest. But the Lord is with you, Genesis 35, 3. God, who answered me in the day of my distress, has been with me in the way which I have gone. John, 1 John 4, 4. He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Some of those big decisions you'll be making is dating, marriage, entertainment, job or career, and friends. Be prayerful about these things. Ask the Lord for guidance and wisdom and strength to do it. Do the right thing. Sometimes the enemy will cause you to face social pressures that we're not ready to handle. They will cause us not to think critically and doubt God's word. Is there really a God? Is the Bible really true? Does God really care? Does he hear my prayers? There are many casualties at this time. When, young and when we're young and vulnerable in our relationship with the Lord, go to other more mature believers, which you can call and ask questions. Or mom or dad, you will find that many believers have much loving wisdom. I call them fruitful trees, and you can go and pick their fruit. Another tactic Satan uses to bring doubt and bitterness through is through rejection. Rejection can be so devastating. In college, for instance, you can't, maybe you can't get in where you like to go to college. Maybe, maybe there's not enough money. The money situation is not there. Girlfriend or boyfriend situation, anything that involves the heart is so painful. A job situation. <laughs> it may take many interviews um, and lots of patience to land the job that God has in mind for you, or you may have to take a lower-paying job for a while, or maybe two jobs. Friends, rejection can happen because we all have our faults and sensitivities, and we all don't think the same. God, my dear friend, understands this, and he has a solution. Let me tell you about the bummer lamb. Every once in a while, a ewe will give birth to a lamb and reject it. There are many reasons why she may do this. If the lamb is returned to the ewe, the mother will kick the poor lamb away. Once the ewe rejects one of her lambs, she will never change her mind. These little lambs will hang their heads so low 
that it looks like something is wrong with their neck. Their spirit is broken. These lambs are called bummer lambs. Unless the shepherd intervenes, the lamb will die. He takes that little rejected one into his home. He hand-feeds it, keeps it warm by the fire. He will wrap it up with blankets and holds it to his chest so the bummer lamb can hear his heartbeat. Once the lamb is strong enough, the shepherd will place it back into the field with the rest of the flock. But that lamb never forgets how the shepherd cared for him when his mother rejected him. When the shepherd calls for the flock, guess who's come? Guess which one comes running first? That's right, the bummer sheep. He knows his master's voice immediately. It's not that the bummer lamb is loved more. It just knows intimately the one who loves it. It's not that it's loved more. It just believes it because it has experienced that love one-on-one. So many of us are like bummer lambs, rejected and broken. But the Lord is the good shepherd. He cares for our every need and holds us close to his heart so we can hear his heartbeat. Maybe We may be broken, but we are deeply loved by the shepherd. Take your rejection to the Lord. Focus on him and his word and rest in it. He understands you. Proverbs 17.22, a merry heart does good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. Psalms 147.3, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Young people, please make it um, a point that when you are going off to college, you try to find one where you can get under biblical teaching or find fellowship to support you as you go through some of these life experiences in college. Is it equally important to seek the Lord daily as much as possible in some way? You can't trust a God you don't know. Seek to know the Lord and wisdom for your path in life. You will be establishing roots by the rivers of God that will bring forth fruit in its season. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. When we are going, when we are young, we can make mistakes trying to figure out God, and this is what happens sometimes. We come to a kind of deal thing where we say, well, if I do this, then God will do that. Or if I'm good enough witnessing, working in, for the Lord, Sunday school or whatever, then the Lord will give me, you fill in the blank. Then we get completely discouraged because God did not come through. Not seeing that we are trying to figure God out, uh, we're trying to figure out God without the word of God. Instead, we need to see the Christian life as a loving relationship that the Lord started toward mankind. Our life is lived through the power of the Holy Spirit as we walk in fellowship with him. Remember, our salvation was not just to get us to heaven, but also give us life for the here and now. Knowing Jesus exudes life. We experience the Lord's love and forgiveness and grace through the gospel. That is life-giving. Paul prays this in Ephesians 1, 17 through 19, that God... 
that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The results of this, your eyes, the eyes of your understanding are being enlightened that you may know the hope. What is the hope of his calling? What is the riches of his glory, of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? We see God working in our lives as we see the depth and the height and the width and the breadth of God's love in a way deeper than we could ever fathom. Love is the first fruit of the Spirit that we see as believers through the example Jesus Christ in the gospel. Love was showered over us in a sea of grace, forgiveness, and mercy. Let that humble you as you see your true self, and let this comfort you, knowing that Jesus Christ made you acceptable before a holy God by faith. And getting to know our loving Heavenly Father is the key. It is as refreshing as spring as we see how the Lord shows us incredible things and teaches us personally, right on our level, right where we need it the most. God is faithful. We can trust God's love by extending grace and praying for others, not looking down our nose because we know what we're forgiven of. But remember, it is a faith rest life, faith rest, resting in who he is, And don't be worried about fruit-bearing. Your goal as a believer is not to bear fruit, but stay attached. It's not about working so hard to be faithful, but resting in who and what God is. The fruit-bearing becomes a passive thing as we're enjoying him. Also, everyone has had times when you've messed up and you've made decisions that are stupid. We all make mistakes, God uses our mistakes to humble us because we can get prideful so easily. It's a good exercise to admit when you're wrong. Some of our bad decisions are life-changing, but God is faithful and loving and understands us here too. Take your sin mess and put it at the foot of the cross and remember why Christ died for you. Be honest. Pour your heart out to him. Let it humble you. And then thank the Lord for his grace, mercy, and forgiveness toward you. His mercies are new every morning. Start new with the Lord. There may be some repercussions of your sin, but the Lord in his grace will help you through it, and he will carry you. The Lord can pull you out of the pit and turn your life into a memorial of his love and grace to encourage others along with yourself. God specializes in taking the people who think they are worthless— or who think they have nothing to offer and makes their life a thing of great value. Rest in God's faithfulness, not ours. When the Lord reaches into the pit and lifts us out by grace, he sets us up on a stable rock and leads us along a path for our lives. You see, the Lord doesn't just save you or deliver you. He also has a plan for you that gives direction throughout your life. Psalms 42, he brought me out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my steps. That is why you need to spend time seeking to know the Lord. Your enemies are relentless. You are young and vulnerable, but the Lord who is with you is great 
and powerful. Psalms 18, verses 31 through 32. For who is God except the Lord? Who is a rock except our God? It is God who arms me with strength and makes my way perfect. Develop a love for the word of God. You are in the springtime of your life. Trust in the Lord. Seek to know him. Let your heart's desire be this, to glorify God and enjoy a relationship with him. Let's move on to summer. Now we have... Summer is a season of renewal. My theme verse is Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8. Blessed is the woman who trusts in the Lord, whose hope is the Lord, for she shall be like a tree planted by the waters, who spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will it cease from yielding fruit. Fruit. When, supper com- when summer comes, it's definitely a renewal for, re- for me because I'm off. I work at a school, and I love summer. The grass is green, the garden is planted, and beginning to grow. The sun is warm and friendly, especially in the mornings. I love to go out into my garden and sit in my swing and enjoy the hummingbirds and watch my goldfish, if I have any. I sometimes stick them in my pond and um, listen to the water fountains and hear the croaking frogs, but soon it grows busier and busier. The grass needs cutting, the yard needs cleaning, the garden needs weeding and watering, and the house needs work, and then there's vacation Bible school and camps, and as a single woman, our summer season of life may be in full swing also. We get busy with our careers and our hobbies and our vacations and hanging out with our friends and volunteering at church or events. We can fill our days so quickly. Perhaps you've gotten married, and now you have a house and more bills and student loans to pay off, and it all requires two incomes to make hens meet. Maybe small children are filling your house and life, church, Sunday school, nursery. Your life is now in full bloom, growing fast. Many things take up your time. You can hardly find time alone, much less time with the Lord. A man... Its heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps, Proverbs 16.9. As each season has its own burdens and blessings, we consider the summer a bit more carefree. We shed the winter clothes for shorts, t-shirts, tank tops. We enjoy fun beach days, lazy days, late nights under the stars kind of days, barbecues, picnics, and camping, long walks. Flowers are blooming in their brightly colored beauty and fragrance. Spiritually, seasons are designed to deepen and instruct us in the wisdom of God, to grow stronger and fruitful and have our roots grow deeper and established as we are watered by the word. The process is slow and process is silent when God is working behind the scenes. Ephesians 3.17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, being rooted and grounded in love. Colossians 2, 7, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith. God has an awesome plan for our lives, no matter what season we are in. Each season has its own fruit that we, that we may bring forth so that God may be glorified. Summer 
can be a time of distraction, too, in our lives. Hobbies, sports, marriage, children. I've already said a lot of those things can pull us away from our precious Lord. I have a huge yard to mow, plus a yard, lot of yard ornaments. My husband left me to mow around. And after the kids have gone, I've added a garden and all this stuff. And so now I've given myself more to take care of. It seems I can fill my days with stuff, and we can do that whether we're single or married or have children um, at home. Summer passes so quickly, and we can run right by the blessings the Lord is bringing failed or fail to enjoy the precious moments that are soon gone or are forgotten in the momentum of moving on to the next thing. Suddenly, it's over. We're on to fall. Our kids have grown, moving on to college. What happened? It just flew by. When did my parents get so old? Don't let the distractions and the busyness be your focus. Bring yourself back to the Lord and ask him to help you not miss the amazing things he has for you and wants to teach you. Psalms 90, verse 12. So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. In summer, everything that is alive requires cutting, pruning, splitting, thinning, or weeding. Grass needs cutting, bushes need pruning, perennials need splitting. Summertime can be a bit of pruning for us, too, spiritually. Pruning our pride, our selfishness, our self-centeredness. Or it may be a time of getting rid of that extra baggage, like the weeds. Guilt, fear, envy, doubt, insecurity. Pruning and weeding are purposeful things we decide to do in our gardens. It helps the plant not compete for space and nutrition and light. And first, in John 15, verse 1 and 2, it says, I am the vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Verse 2, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And I like this translation, better translation, he lifts it up. I think of a believer who has gone astray and now goes back to the Lord. On the grapevine, a branch can occasionally droop down and grow into the mud. So the vine dresser takes the branch that is hanging down, cleans it off with water, dries it off, and lifts it up to where it can get sun again and produce fruit. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it that it may bring forth more fruit. Our trials in our Christian life are sometimes there to bring us closer to the Lord. Notice this is not malicious or punitive, but in love. It's good for the branch to focus on what really matters Jesus Christ and God's love for you weeding and pruning in our spiritual garden helps us grow and we take in the light and hydration from the living water and the word of God and the Lord can take a messy chaotic garden and turn it into a beautiful testimony of his handiwork just look at it Just looking at it, focusing on our weeds, does nothing. Someone has to get in there and pull them out. When we take our problems to the Lord and open the word of God, he can work on our weeds and pruning. He does does the changing, not us. 
And he promises strength, peace, and joy as the fruit of abiding in him. Drawing closer to the Lord is a choice we make. We then flourish being watered by the word and putting our faith in it. Some weeds have roots that grow very deep. Those weeds take patience and more time. It can get discouraging when we don't see the change that we expect. But remember, God does the work in ways that we, could, we can't figure out or plan. His ways are higher than our ways. And remember, God loves us, and he's worthy of our trust. Our battles are not won through our strength and prowess, but through weakness that recognizes that we can't do it at all. But by God's grace, trusting in his faithfulness, even when it seems crazy or we can't understand. Seek the Lord to know him and find hope. And then we are comforted by his word and can reflect his image. 2 Corinthians 2.18 But we all, with an unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, were being transferred into the same image from glory to glory by the Spirit of the Lord. Many people struggle in the Christian life as they think spiritually as doing something, getting to work for God, rolling up your sleeves to attain this personal holiness in order to see God. The purpose in life is to know and to love and to walk with God, that is to see God. But we cannot attain holiness, or be more spiritual, I mean, by what we do. Christ paid it all. We are accepted at the highest level because and only because of that. Our focus and hunger should be to know God himself and glorify him. But to carry out this service for God, which is good, by the way, you need power, God's power through the Holy Spirit. Now remember, service for God is not a bad thing, but if it come, becomes our focus instead of knowing God, then we've made our focus service for God, and not knowing the Lord more and bringing honor and glory to him. It fails to satisfy God's heart and ours. Seeking to know the Lord brings relationship, and out of that comes rest and victory. Why is this emphasis so important? Let's go back to the beginning, where God created man. Revelations 4.11. I want I like this verse. Thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Man was created for this purpose and no other, that of existing for the pleasure of God. Man was intended to be the delight of God and the object of his affection. Man knew in the garden that he had been created to delight God, and his only concern was to respond to the divine and to live for him and do his will. But listen, it was man's joy continually to submit to the, God's will and the desires of his creator and in nothing to be independent of him. Thus, in living, every need of his nature was being satisfied by God. Under temptation of Satan, the woman first fell for his lies and then man. Then everything changed and the world was cursed. Man now had a sin barrier between him and God. He set himself up to be independent from God and to be the center of his world, which before Adam delighted to put God. But in spite of all that man had done, 
the Lord still loved him. And he planned for the ultimate saving act of redemption, which would cost the Lord greatly. But did man care? No, he was busy with his own things. But God, through the millennia, till Christ's appearance, constantly gave man pictures of his plan in ways to approach him, and at the same time, continually extending his grace because of God's great desire to have a relationship with man. And when the time is right, God sent his son, born of a virgin, to grow up and suffer for our sins and die for our sins and to rise victoriously over death for all mankind. He paid the payment for our sin fully and completely. We only have to put our faith in his work for us, and then we are redeemed, and we once again partake of that heavenly relationship lost long time ago in the Garden of Eden. Furthermore, the Lord does not only redeem us, he gives us power through the Holy Spirit. He gives us being, power, strength, and joy as a gift on, on top of his forgiveness, grace, and mercy. Of his whole purpose, if his whole purpose of the plan in creation and redemption was to bring us in relationship with him, then we can be quite sure that this will be the one great object of his present dealings with us today. God makes every effort to bring us back to himself. So our salvation is merely a gateway onto the road back to fellowship with God. And the Lord always is wooing us to himself to seek him in that relationship with him. And everything comes out of that as we seek to bring honor and glory to God, doing things as unto him, not for self-gratification. Abiding in him bears this fruit fruit that benefits ourselves and others as we grow in our relationship with God. And we can have God's joy and peace as we go through our summer season. The Lord will be reflected through us, and we can be a fruitful tree to those around us. Summer can be a dry season, no doubt, a tough season. We saw this last summer. For us on the farm, there was no hay, at least not very much. We had to spend thousands of dollars to buy hay. The cattle market for selling on the hoof was flooded, so it's very low. Many others had to lower or get rid of their herd. Many butchered if they could get into a butcher. Watering your garden was essential. Hopefully you had a deep enough well for your animals, your garden, and your house. Um, the grass in most places was just crunchy and brown. Spiritually, there can be times when it feels like the Lord is quiet and you are unheard. There may be decisions to make. The Lord hasn't given you an exact direction. It can be sorting out or dealing with things at work, or your parents or siblings, with your husband or your children. It can be an exhausting task and discouraging. Maybe loved ones are sick or you're taking care of them. And your sadness and fear is overwhelming. It can be a tough time as the Lord seems far away. One of my dry seasons came when um, Danny, my sixth son, came down with whooping cough at five weeks old. Whooping cough is when they cough so hard they can hardly catch their breath. 
he was helicoptered to St. Mary's ICU. I was stretched. I had six other, five other kids at home, and I was stressed and in fear. Um, I spent every other night at the hospital because I had to split my time between my kids. They, wanted to, they were worried, and they wanted to know what was happening with Danny. I remember I couldn't read. I couldn't concentrate on a prayer. I couldn't even complete a song. But what I did think of was, Lord, I need you. And it's a Ron Hamilton song, but only those words. But it comforted me. And after two weeks of being on the edge in the ICU, Danny finally came home with wires and hookups and machines and all. And after five weeks, he was off all those. And I'm happy to say he's fully recovered, being on the track and cross-country team in school and in college. And, um, but God was with me the whole time. I saw his love through others and his word, little by little. God understands when you're going through difficult times. Hebrews 12:3, For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. Psalms 142, verse 3. When my spirit was overwhelmed in me, then you knew my path and the way which I should walk. When God seems quiet and we are overwhelmed or can't understand his direction, remember, God's will is for us to know him and to spend time relating to him through his word. Pray for strength and wisdom and peace And then rest in his promises. Ask him to open your eyes as you read. That is God's will for you. And you can be sure he will answer your prayer. And the word will speak to your heart and comfort you. Job 42.5, I have heard of you. I love this verse. I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes see you. That, I feel, this verse sums up the book of green leaf and drought time and couldn't find it this morning to show it to you, by Isabel Kuhn. I don't know if you guys have read it. It's about Arthur and Wilda Matthews. They went through one of the toughest times as missionaries. They felt the Lord was calling them to China with a letter they had gotten, a letter from the Christians to ask if some missionaries could come and live there among them and teach them. But alas, when they got there, things had slowly changed in the government so that they were not allowed to preach. The Chinese people were shot if they seemed to be at all sympathizing with the missionaries. Executions happened daily. The government continued their, or uh, controlled their money and their exit, both of which they used to torment them. Satan tried to break them in various ways in front of the Chinese people, and God used it to show Arthur and Wilda that the Lord could be trusted and provide when all other sources failed. And he used it to reveal to the Chinese people watching them, without a word, through much persecution, that the secret of their life-giving encouragement, their green leaf, was the God of the Bible, and he was real and more powerful than the Chinese government and police. 
And also, God also used it to baffle their enemies who tried to starve them out, torment them in many ways, mentally and physically. And also to, to enrich and refine and strengthen Arthur in Wilda's lives. Lastly, it was to strengthen the suffering Chinese believers who witnessed their triumph. The Lord sent them to serve by life and so sealed their lips. It was much more poignant message than with their talking. Their testimony gave the Chinese believers an opportunity to give the gospel to other Chinese people in the village. It is possible for the Christian to be renewed deeply in the inward man while the joys of life seem to be drying up. Pray for strength and comfort and wisdom. And then rest in his promises. And you can be sure that if you can't see the Lord, he is working behind the scenes. 1 Peter 3.12 For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers. Psalm 73.26 My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. How good it is that God doesn't, God's love doesn't depend on our feelings. The Lord is near whether we feel his presence or not. So don't let the dry season discourage you. God will bring you through it. He is faithful. His word is living and powerful. And let its message comfort and cheer you. And build your closeness to the Lord. And he will bring joy and comfort and peace just when you need it the most. 1 Thessalonians 5.24 He who calls you is faithful and who also will do it. Psalm 16, verse 5, Lord, you are my portion of my inheritance and my cup, and you maintain my lot. Dry seasons will pass, and the Lord does not leave us there. Remember, he knows what we can handle. Enjoy your summer season. It can be a very fruitful time of getting to know the Lord and building your relationship with him. Thank you.